What's going on, guys? It's your boy Mikey Rock from Grand Central Fantasy. That's right, Grand Central Fantasy in the building. Today we have a special episode because I'm going fucking solo. That's right, Mikey Rock going solo. My co-host Sean um, is currently being investigated by the FBI uh, from all the nonsense he was talking last episode. So uh, our thoughts and prayers are with Sean. Um, but yeah, it's a very special episode, not only because you get to hear yours truly's voice, but um, we're going to talk about some roster cuts, how they impact fantasy. Uh, we're going to talk about some possible, you know, potential destinations for recent free agents from some of those roster cuts. We're going to talk about some injuries and how uh, they impact us in fantasy and a lot of other good stuff, a lot of great stuff. Um, this episode will be a little shorter. Um, uh, I know how much you want to hear my voice, but you know I'll try to keep it to a minimum for you guys. Nice, quick little segment for you here today. And next week, Sean will be back. I hope we'll see what happens with that investigation. Um, so next week, Sean will be back, and we'll be talking about you know the previews for Week One, guys. It's here. It's fucking here. I mean, we are a week away from regular season NFL football soak that in for a second we are fucking here we've been we've been pounding in all this information into your heads uh I mean and and now we're gonna see what comes from all of it uh how successful we are how successful you are and I'm just so excited to put on my fucking TV on Sunday and be on my phone on Twitter answering your guys uh tweets um so as you already know, GrandCentralFantasy.com is our website. You're going to find plenty of information uh, for your drafts. A lot of you still haven't drafted yet. Touche. Wait as long as you can. Uh, a lot of information for your drafts on there. And throughout the season, we're going to be posting what we always do. Waiver wire, um, your weekly waiver wire, weekly fantasy football rankings. Sean does his must-starts. We got a whole gambling segment coming up. We did a lot of gambling last year with uh, Dylan and James. Um, so they're going to be doing a lot of, you know, daily fantasy content for you. Um, best picks of the week. We have a lot, a lot of content coming your way. So be on the lookout. And one last thing before I get started, you know what I'm going to bring up. We always bring it up because we got to bring it up. We've been crushing it the last couple of years to the point that we have pretty heavy follower um, um, fan base right now. So we launched our Patreon. Uh, we have two different tiers. We talk about it every week. We have a $5 tier, a $10 tier, whatever you can afford if you're interested. Um, it's just exclusive fantasy football advice and just personalized content for you if you sign up. Um, you know, we always talk about Sunday mornings. We get hammered. And I'm not joking. We get hammered with messages. And we, we've we done a pretty good job. We're, we're, very, we're pretty successful um, when, you, when you ask questions. We do a pretty good job. Um, and we just, um, you know, it's hard for us to get to every single person. We've done a great job of it. I got to say, we probably hit like 98, 99% of the people. And I'm telling you, we're getting over 1,000 messages a week. Not to brag, but it's hard to get to every follower now. The you know the bigger we get, so we launched this Patreon because um, this will be this will give you guaranteed 
um, advice on all your questions and we will answer you instantly when you're a Patreon member. You are the top of the list. Um, so if you're interested, you know, go ahead, sign up. We really appreciate it. We have um, our Patreons are uh, growing. We love you guys. Thank you so much. You know, and <laughs> Sean and I were talking about this um, earlier today. Stop apologizing. You know, especially if you're, you know, signed up with our Patreon. Don't apologize and say, oh, sorry for so many questions. This is what you pay for. Okay. And we want to give you the best advice. And we just, you know, we, we love what we do as well. So stop apologizing. Don't be sorry. It's okay. We love it. Now, let me take a sip of water. I'm a little dry. Ah, that's better. So, I haven't done one of these solo sessions in a long time. Since last year, probably. No off-season, maybe. But I'm pretty excited because now I could talk and now we don't have to hear Sean's annoying fucking voice. And what I want to talk about to start things off is Mac Jones. Mac Daddy Jones. The the most in shape quarterback in NFL history. <clears throat> Big Mac. Starting quarterback for the New England Patriots. I mean, I'm not surprised by the news. You know, Cam was doing pretty well this offseason. Mac Jones, they both played relatively well. Um... Obviously, we saw what Cam did last year. It was disgusting. I hated watching it, um, especially from a fantasy standpoint. I did enjoy it from a Jets fan standpoint um, because, you know, I hate the Patriots. But I'm just surprised that the Patriots cut Cam. Like, I just don't understand it. If Mac Jones goes down, they really have faith in Jarrett Stidham. Uh, I mean, they cut Brian Horror as well. I don't, I, I don't know. Whatever. Belichick is a genius, I guess. Blah, 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 blah. But anyway, they caught him. That's what I was most uh, surprised about. And I don't know. I was thinking maybe it has to do with him not being vaccinated. Um, if he's, you know, around someone who tests positive with COVID, he has to quarantine. Um, or I, I don't know if it has something to do with the quarterback room with someone not being vaccinated because that's how it is now in the NFL. Um, uh, it, it looks like some, some of these guys are getting cut because, you know, they're not getting the vaccine. But nonetheless, Mac Jones, the starter, and this is a positive factor for fantasy football, ladies and gentlemen. And <laughs> let's go into this a little bit. I already brought up how ineffective Cam Newton was in the passing game last year. And Mac, Mac is the opposite of Cam in the sense of, you know, mobility. Um, he's staying in the goddamn pocket and he's throwing the goddamn ball. That's that's facts. Okay. There's no more planned runs. Oh, quarterback sneak with Cam Newton. Oh, uh, design quarterback run. Let me run up the middle for like two yards. Blah, boring, boring, boring. Like, you're not, this isn't Lamar Jackson. This isn't, you know, uh, Jalen Hurts. Like, you know, this is Cam Newton who's, you know, getting up there in age. Uh, it's just, it's not sexy. We don't like it. So, <laughs> with that said, we got to give a boost to all the pass catchers on the Patriots. I was very high on Jonu Smith. Um, either way, if Cam was there or if Mac Jones was the starter, I was high on Jonu. Um, obviously, already I talked about him a lot this offseason. I wrote, you know, I put him in some blogs. But Cam's inability to throw the deep ball uh, down the field, and you know, it was a safer passing from a st short game standpoint. Uh, it was you know, I, I just thought 
that that would have worked with Cam as well. But I think also John is going to work well with Mac because he's just going to provide security and he's just a safe option right in the middle field, a couple yards down the field. Uh, and that's what you need with a rookie quarterback. You need a solid veteran, a guy who's going to be reliable with his hands. And, you know, Mac could check down the field, look down the field. If he sees nothing, you just dump it off to your physical but athletic tight end. They spent heavy money on this guy, something that Bill Belichick is not prone to doing, especially from the offensive side of the ball. So I'm hyping up John Smith about this. I liked him either way, like I said, but I like him a little bit more with Mac Jones there. And you know what? We got to we got to show a little love to some of the other pass catchers on the Patriots. We haven't been able to do that, you know, especially last year. It was really ugly with Cam Newton. Really ugly. So we got Jacoby Myers. We got Hunter Henry, Nelson Aguilar. They all deserve a little boost from where they are right now. Nothing crazy, but a little boost because it's looking like there's going to be more of a target share, more passing volume going into offense as, you know, we saw with Cam Newton. It was just a lack of it. It was a lot of running, a lot of design runs with the quarterback. And so and why not? <laughs> Let's also give a boost to Damian Harris. And that's a guy I talked about too. I had him as a low end running back too. I'm giving him a slight boost in this sense. Let's break it down. Um, um Cam Newton ran the ball, had 31 rush attempts inside the 10 yard line last year. 31. He had 19 design. Not design runs, but he had 19 rushing attempts inside the five-yard line. Damian Harris was second on the team inside the 10, 11 carries inside the 5-3. That's going to jump dramatically, dramatically. And Cam Newton, like I said, we, he, he led. He was first in those uh, in, in the inside the 10 and inside the 5, obviously. Damian Harris was second. Sonny Michelle was third. He's no longer there. You got to expect that Damian Harris is going to start getting a bulk of this you know, short yardage carries and goal line carries. And that only means touchdown production is going to go up. Um, so I still have Damian Harris as a low end running back too. Um, I think I have him ranked like 23rd, 22nd, 23rd, 24th. I don't know off the top of my head. I'll raise him a couple, maybe, you know, two spots or so there. I like him a lot. They shipped out Sony Michelle. Um, it seems like, you know, it, we always get worried about, Bill Belichick with running backs. Um, and I totally understand that, but it just all sides are pointing that Damian Harris is going to be the lead back and he's going to get a lot more carries and a lot more usage in the goal line. So I talked enough about the Patriots. Fuck them. Let's go on to something else. <laughs> and we'll talk about um, some releases in the NFL. And, you know, every year, you know, the end of the um, preseason comes down to roster cuts. We got to get to that fifty-three, right? Excuse me, little little parch, <laughs> little parch. So we got to get down to that fifty-three, and you know, in those cuts, sometimes we see some fine, you know, some good players, a couple solid players, some you know, good skill set. They just not enough of room for these guys to be on the team, and um, you know, maybe they're just not providing. They're not doing what was expected of them in the preseason, and they're not doing what was expected of them in the training camp, and coaches are just going a different direction. Sometimes they want to go younger. They just want to see different. So I uh, pinpointed a few guys with, you know, potential fantasy value, depending on the landing spot. You know, these guys aren't going to, you know, make or break a championship run. But these are some guys that, you know, 
definitely have potential to be on your bench, maybe a spot start here and there. Uh, I narrowed it down to just two guys I want to talk about. <laughs> um, I got two guys right here. And his first one I'm going to go with is John Brown. And John Brown is probably the biggest name for a wide receiver for me available as a free agent. Um, wouldn't be surprised, you know, if I post this tomorrow morning, um, I wouldn't be surprised if John Brown's already on a team by then. Uh, that's how quickly he should get picked up. And his numbers don't lie. Um, you know, he's had a pretty decent career as like a second, third wide out. Uh, but his best season came just two years ago with the Buffalo Bills. And it was a fantastic move by the GM over there. And I can't say nothing but good things about Buffalo Bills GM and what they've done and what they put around Josh Allen. And this was a big part of it. Josh Allen's uh, coming out ceremony in 2019, you know, and, you know, Brown had a solid quarterback for once and it showed, I believe he had uh, over 70 catches over a thousand yards. He had six touchdowns, 2019, and he was a surprise late round target for a lot of people. But last year we didn't see that. He was hampered with injuries and, you know, he was kind of delegated to a reduced rule when he came back. <clears throat> uh, Gabriel Davis was over there, Cole Beasley, and obviously the great Stefan Diggs, who had a phenomenal season, phenomenal season over there. So there really wasn't much around for Brown. Brown signed with the Raiders in the offseason. Didn't really work out there. They got a lot of, um, a lot of, I don't know. I don't want to say a lot of receivers. There's, you know, nothing too great over there, but John Brown wasn't really like what he was seeing. He was granted a release by the Raiders. Now he's free. You know, uh, call him Antonio Brown Jr., I guess, uh, freeing himself from uh, the Raiders. But <laughs> he's a guy who should be monitored on the waiver wire. Um, I really think he's going to be on a squad shortly. You know, he has a, um, he, he's got some speed. Uh, very nice skill set. He makes an intriguing option if he joins like a high-powered passing offense in need of a wideout. You know, if he goes and signs with the Baltimore Ravens or he signs with, I don't know, some team with a, you know, shitty passing quarterback, uh, you know, a hard pass for me. But if he goes to a team that, you know, passes the ball a lot, I don't know, say he go somehow he ends up with the Chiefs or he ends up with... Justin Herbert with the Chargers. You know what? We got to give him a look because Brown has the numbers have been there for him before. There's potential value at deeper leagues, maybe on your bench with him. So that's a guy, you know, possibly be on the lookout, um, you know, after your drafts, maybe, and uh, might be a waiver wire target. Um, so a couple other wideouts real quick. I'm just going to throw some names out. I'm not going to really get into them real big because, you know, there's no, there's not any superstars that were released, but there were some solid options. You know, uh, Kiki Kuti on the, um, uh, I feel like I'm butchering his last name, but he was released by the Texans. He just got signed by the Colts. So, you know, we'll give, we'll give that, um, we'll give that a look. I, w I won't expect too much from him. I just know that T.Y. Hilton is on the IR, and they're kind of limited over there. Paris Campbell is injury-prone wide receiver, so we'll keep an eye on that. You got Travis Fulgham, who is, you know, like a one-hit wonder kind of guy. I know he had a very nice stretch for about four or five weeks. He was put up 100 yards every week, a touchdown, and then he kind of simmered down. Uh, second half of the season, we didn't really hear much from him. I mean, he's a pretty young wide receiver. 
he's a guy maybe if he just needs a new um, landing spot, new face. You know, um, I'm not really expecting anything big from him, but we can keep an eye on him. We got David Moore, who's a free agent. A um, couple guys out there to keep a look on. But John Brown's my favorite wide receiver who was, uh, you know, cut slash released from his team. And let's go to running back. Because there is a very intriguing option to me at running back out there that might be very well suited for, you know, a certain uh, potential landing spot because he was phenomenal last year. And that man is Wayne Gallman, okay? And he had a significant role with the Giants last year, significant role with the G Men when Saquon went down and then le- weeks later when Devonta Freeman went down. From week seven, through week 13, Coleman scored a touchdown in every game. And I believe he was a top seven running back in PPR formats in that time. He was crushing it. He was a phenomenal waiver wire pickup. He was winning people leagues. He was pissing people off because they're like, who the fuck is this guy? And you know what? He um he made a lot of these um fantasy owners happy. Um and it helped them land a deal with the um, 49ers, who are, you know, it's a promising run-oriented offense. The problem with the 49ers, they have 100 running backs on their team. Uh, a lot of guys who are, have solid potential, and they just, they, you know, there's only so many running backs you can carry on your team. So, Gallman was um, released by the 49ers. And I think he has some promise if he can find the right squad. Um, the thing about Wayne Gallman with the Giants, he was such an efficient running back last year, right? Not not just in fantasy, but in real life. He played behind a, a terrible offensive line in New York. It was disgusting. And you don't see many running backs that can put up the type of numbers and yards per carry, yards per carry behind an offensive line like that. So that... That really caught my attention last year. I know the numbers were really nice and stuff, but I'm like, this guy is so successful behind a terrible offensive line. Um, he just offers so some solid potential as a possible like one-two punch moving forward. I would like to see him join a a team that you know is somewhat run oriented. That it, you know emphasis balance of pass rushing attack, where he can get some run as a, a backup running back. Um, and, and not just as a backup, but maybe like a 1A, 1B position. It might be tough for him, but you know what? Opportunity strikes sometimes, and it. I, I really hope he finds a nice landing spot because he's proved to um, to us out there that he's a fine young running back, and he's capable of getting it done. Go ahead. Check out his numbers with the Giants uh, last year. He was a very good running back. So that's just another guy to keep on your mind. Um, you know, like I said, not home run, not grand slam guys out there. Uh, another running back who was just released from the Broncos was Royce Freeman. A lot of people are, are big on Royce Freeman. They're glad he got out of there. Um, hoping he, they're hoping he flourishes somewhere else. So, I uh, just wanted to touch on some of those roster cuts. Some guys out there, just keep your eyes open. I mean, I'm not don't don't go ahead and draft these guys. They're going to be breakout players and the you know grabbing them in the seventh, eighth round. Don't do that. Just Keep an eye on some of these guys late round of your drafts um, or possibly as waiver wire targets beginning of the season. We know how frequently injuries come around. So speaking of injuries, let's talk about Gus Edwards, um, because I feel like I'm getting, there's a lot of hate out there for Gus the bus. And I mean, the man's only, you know, gotten it done uh, from what he's been asked to do. He's not he wasn't the starting running back. 
They committed to J.K. Dobbins with a high pick last year. Okay. And Gus the Bus just did what he was told to do. Be the backup running back and fucking dominate like a bus. Like he is. And that came with 700 rushing yards for a third straight season. As a backup running back for a third straight season. Well, opportunity striking now for him to be a starting running back. Unless, you know, we hear differently. We, they have not signed a running back. You know, one of the, one of these names, people throwing out Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell. And it doesn't look like they're going to go down that route. Who knows? Maybe they maybe they bring uh, one of these running backs I just spoke of, Wayne Gallman over there. And, you know, that that'll obviously cut into some carries and stuff. But he's still going to see a high volume, um, Gus Edwards. This is a guy we're talking about who he was running back. Uh, he was going as a running back 43 in drafts beforehand, uh, before this injury. Running back 43. Too shady, you guys, who drafted him as a late-round target. By the way, who told you to draft him as a late-round target? That's right, your fucking boy, Mikey Rock. You're welcome, you're welcome. Uh, yeah, you over there, you're welcome. So, Dobbins no longer in the picture. We got Gus the Bus there, averaging over five yards per carry in his career. Um, the workload's going to go up for him tremendously. I have him as a low-end running back, uh, too. You know, moving up maybe closer to the mid to that range of uh, running back twos. But what about the backup running back role that was previously designed or there for Gus Edwards? Big name coming up. Everyone's talking about him. Tyson Williams. I don't know much about him. I can't say much about him. I don't even know if he's definitely going to be the backup running back over there. But he is a guy that we need to keep our eyes on. He's a guy possibly in deeper leagues we're going to draft late round. He's a guy who's worth a flyer with a late round pick because that's what we're looking for. We're looking for a high upside guy late in the rounds. You know, fuck, fuck, the, fuck those safe picks in the late rounds. We, we ain't about that life. Let's take some risks in the in the late rounds. We're looking for high upside guys, and that could be him. Also, Justice Hill, Justice Hill is a name that people are throwing out there too, but it seems like Williams is the guy who's going to get a bulk of the backup um, carry. So let's keep an eye on those guys because we've seen what Gus Edwards did from, um, a, from a backup standpoint. I mean, he got a lot of carries as a backup, even behind, you know, even though Lamar Jackson's getting all these carries. Well, um, So Williams... It seems like he's an undrafted running back. A lot of people are um, are talking about him. There's some upside with him. He's had a fine preseason. He's making a name for himself. I'm not jumping on the bandwagon. I'm just saying if you're in need for some running back depth, late in your draft, very late in your draft, and there's no one there, that's a name maybe you should keep an eye on. Also keep an eye on him in the waiver wire as well. So, yeah, uh, th- this was mostly about, though, Gus Edwards. Um, because there's a lot of hate going on. He's not he's not going to be a league winner, folks. He's not going to be a running back one, but he's going to be a weekly starter. He's going to finish the season as a mid to low end running back too. Um, he's going to be the lead carrier on an offense that's rushed for over three thousand yards back to back seasons. He's going to take over as the goal line back. Um, I it just I don't understand why people oh but Gus he wasn't the starter before so he can't. He's not going to come in. This wasn't the guy they wanted to be the starter. Yeah, you know what? You're right. It wasn't. J.K. Dobbins was the guy they wanted to be the starter, but now he's down and they don't have him there. I'm not expecting Gus Edwards to fill J.K. Dobbins' shoes, but I'm expecting 
for a pretty solid season. And it, I mean, it's a no brainer. It's common sense, folks. Volume, volume, volume. And it's going to be there for him. Now, I want to talk about the Giants, the New York Giants again, and injuries. There's a lot of injuries over there. Um, not major ones, but, you know, there's potential for them to be disasters. And it just like, seems like a common routine. And uh, just, it's so frequent with this freaking team, man, on offense. I mean, you got Kenny Galladay over there. Let's start with him. Let's start with Galladay. And I'm concerned. I'm very concerned. I know Sean was pretty high on him. Not me. I'm very concerned. Missed 11 games last year to hip and hamstring injuries. Okay? He he has another hamstring injury already. He suffered it about three weeks ago. Mom's still the word. He's missed out on some serious practice time. Um, you know, making some chemistry. You know, it sounds pretty intimate. But yeah, it is intimate. And you need that intimacy, intimacy with your uh, quarterback especially your first year on the team. They signed into a lot of money. Um, I know the Giants, you know, are not going to rush him back. It's a long season. Let's not forget we have an extra game on the schedule. Hamstrings are tricky. They some they tend to linger, and the hamstring injury is starting to be a trend with him. They're not going to rush him back. Uh, don't be surprised if he's not there week one. There's not a lot of updates, not a lot of news on him. But when we're talking about hamstrings, we're talking about a tricky injury. You can't rush that back. It could be a disaster. We've seen what happened with him last year. I'm just, if you did your drafts, you know, you got Kenny Galladay. We know the upside. We've seen how great he was that one year with Matthew Stafford. I was on the bandwagon last year. I love Kenny Galladay, but the injuries are just bringing him down and the lack of chemistry and play time with this quarterback and training camp. I just don't like it. It's not something I like. Uh, moving right along, let's go to Evan Ingram. And that's another guy who's fucking injured all the time. And I see people on here, oh, you could get Evan Ingram as your tight end 14 or 15, 16. It's a steal. Well, guess what, motherfucker? It's not a steal when the motherfucker's injured and he's not playing. And guess what? It's uncertain if he's going to play week one with a calf injury because it's fucking concerning. Plan appropriately. Um, if you went all in on Evan Ingram, I get it. He's flashy. Um, he's athletic. He gets down the field. Um, you know what? There's a, Besides the injury concerns, there's touchdown concerns with him with me. Uh, I believe he had one touchdown last year, three the year before. It's just like, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm not buying into the hype, and you shouldn't. So if you drafted Evan Ingram, you went all in, I get it, but you need to plan. You need to go out there, start looking on your waiver wire for a tight end. If your draft's coming up, stay away from Evan Ingram. Stay away. You might get hurt. You might stub your toe. And let's talk about the biggest uh, Giants offensive player, the best Giants offensive player, and that's Saquon, Saquad Barkley. And his status is up in the air as well as he's coming back from a serious injury. And we're going to have to wait a little later in the week, it seems like, to hear if he's going to be on the field week one. Um, my gut is telling me that he's going to be on the field. They're just going to baby him a lot this year. And they're going to baby him a lot earlier on. And I understand that um, that some people are saying, invest in him now. You don't win championships in the beginning of the year. You, you're going to win them at the end of the year. But I just am very worried that there's going to be a lot of babying, a lot of cradling. And I just, I, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I can't spend a, my fourth or fifth round pick on Saquon Bartley, Barkley. 
But with that said, I do feel like he's going to see the field week one. It's just going to be limited fashion. It's not going to be what, um, you know, you would expect from a, you know, you're running back one in the first week. Um, you get it. You have to start him. He's a first rounder. You invested in him. You have to start him. Just don't be surprised if Devontae Booker is on the field. His snap count is just as much as Saquon Barkley's. You heard it here first, folks. Let's go to another injury. <laughs> and this just came out about a day or two ago. And that's with Michael Thomas. And he's going to, he's on the uh, PUP list. And he's going to miss the first five games of the season. And that is disgusting to me. Ankle surgery in June. Um, just because he's on the list doesn't mean he's going to miss just five games, folks. It could be more. How healthy does he come back? How healthy? We don't we, we don't know. And it's going to linger. This ankle injury is going to linger on after once he comes back. They're not just going to throw him into the fire. People think like they're getting a steal because they're getting Michael Thomas late. I'm not buying into that. I don't. I, I've done it before, where I tried to draft a guy who was, you know, a top tier talent who was injured. He's coming on late in their season. It usually ends up screwing you in the long run. He doesn't come back when you think he's going to come back. And with an ankle injury, that's pretty serious for a wide receiver who makes a lot of cuts and is a route runner. You know, uh, it's bad news for Michael Thomas, but fantastic news for Saints pass catchers. Ding 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 ding. Marquez Callaway, a guy I talked about before he fucking broke out. Go back, check the records. I'm not lying. I'm not fucking lying. I talked about him. I said he's going to get a lot of volume, a lot of targets, especially if Jameis Winston is named the quarterback. Guess what? He was. I like Marcus Callaway. Marquez Callaway, Marcus Callaway, excuse me. Um, Alvin Kamara, little boost as a pass catcher with no Michael Thomas there. Jared Cook. Uh, I think he's going to be a big target over there because I'm not too fond about all these other wide receivers. Traquan Smith, we've seen him before. He's a one-hit wonder. Uh, Deontay Harris, I believe, is a, the, the third wide receiver over there. But these are guys who are going to get some targets. Michael Thomas isn't on the field, so we need to check this out. Next, let's talk about T.Y. Hilton on the IR. I believe his neck. You know what? T.Y. Hilton was a fantasy, wasn't a fantasy factor last year. He's not a fantasy factor this year. I know it's the name. Some people want to, you know, jump onto that. Please don't. And you know what? I would never root for an injury, but I am fucking pumped up for Michael Pittman. It might just be Michael Pittman season, folks, okay? And maybe I am getting ahead of myself, but I don't give a fuck because that average trip draft position is what the young kids like to say. Fire. Fucking fire. Fuego, baby. He's going as a 44th wide receiver right now. 112th um, overall. He's like 11th round, 12th round pick. If my math is right, it's probably wrong. I failed a couple times. I went to summer school for it. I don't give a fuck. All I know is Michael Pittman is the wide receiver one over there in Indy, and he has a more talented and stronger arm quarterback with Carson Wentz than he did with Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers is throwing ducks down the field, and I'm not trying to paint Carson Wentz as fucking Peyton Manning, but my God, he might look like it compared to Phillip Rivers at the end of his career. And guess what? Carson Wentz will be there week one. Uh, and I'm not this huge Carson Wentz guy. Don't get me wrong, but I have a feeling that Carson Wentz, Michael Pittman are going to coexist with each other. Obviously, the targets are going to be there. Um, 
you know, he's going to have a, snap, a high snap count. There's a lot of injuries with the Colts over there. That's why they just brought in uh, Kiki. Uh, do you love me? Oh, um, for a little wide receiver depth. So let's keep an eye on that. Um, I told you I was going to talk about injuries, folks, and I'm giving it to you. And let's talk about another one. And this is kind of in a different standpoint, and that's with Trey Lance. Trey Lance has a chip bone in his finger. Going to miss a week. So Kyle Shanahan kind of got off the hook with naming a starting quarterback because obviously Jimmy G is, you know, has to play if Trey Lance is going to not play because of a chip bone in his finger, whatever the hell happened. I have a feeling that some people are going to start to shy away from Trey Lance now after this, even though, you know, the injury will probably keep him out for a week. I love that. I fucking love that because we all know the love that that Kyle Shanahan has for Trey Lance. Well, I think at least. And I, I really think he wanted to name him the starting quarterback. Trey Lance has um, a high ceiling. It's a high risk, high reward type of guy. And you know what? I'm not even going to call it a high risk because where you can get Trey Lance is a spot where you're going to draft him as a second quarterback. He's going to be your backup quarterback. And I just feel like people are going to be shying away from him now because of this minor uh, minuscule in- injury. Um, just keep an eye out on Trey Lance later in your pick uh, later on your draft. It's not that big of a deal, but it's just something that I want you to keep uh, in the back of your mind. Um, just because now everyone's saying that Jimmy G's the starter. Well, you know what? He had to be the starter because Trey Lance has a Dorito on his hand. So just wanted to throw that little tidbit out there. And for the most part, that's all I got for you today. I hope you all enjoyed your time with Mikey Rock, the fucking legend on Grand Central Fantasy. I'm going to give a call to the FBI. I'm going to see how this investigation is going on with Sean. Um, hopefully, we'll be hearing from him later on in the week. Hashtag free Sean Martin. Um, so, uh, quick reminder, go to our website, um, grandcentralfantasy.com. Our Twitter, obviously, you know our Twitter if you're you know, listening to me right now at Grand Central Fan. Uh, keep checking out all the content, all this blogs, podcasts, everything going on. Check out our Patreon. I won't go too much into that, but if you want guaranteed answers and you want to be the top of the list to all those hundreds, possibly thousands of messages we're going to get on Sunday mornings at noon, you're going to be right to the top. If you sign up with us, we got two tiers. $5 a month is nothing. Uh, if we suck, you know, just you could shit can us at any time. There's a $10 tier. Um, check it out. Go to Patreon. It's in our bio on our Twitter. That's all I got for you guys today. Went a little longer than I wanted, but you know what? Always better to go longer than shorter. You know what I'm saying? Peace.